You're listening to the official podcast of Resurgence Initiatives, inspiring people to arise together. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com. last couple weeks with trying to be a peacemaker between First Nations and the church. And I could feel the pain of people that were innocent and violated. And I realized that's not just a people, that is life. Many of you sitting right here, things have happened. Tragedies have happened in your life that you had no control over. It isn't a result that you did something wrong and so that something terrible happened to you. You had nothing to do with it. As a confirmation just now, uh, I, I don't know, somehow something came up on my phone. Some girl named Nightbird, she was on America's Got Talent. And I didn't find out until later she's a Christian. She's 30 years old. She's had cancer three times. She's got a 2% chance of living. And she said something. You don't wait for life to be good to say it's okay. You try, Really, you trust in God. You trust in God. The first one I want to look at being spirit-led is being made whole. Wholeness. Wholeness isn't just feeling good. It's something much deeper than that. We are sanctified our spirit, our soul, and our body. It's not our body. How are you feeling? Oh, really good, like working out, man. Hey, ah, ha-pa, yeah, woo, yeah. Wholeness isn't feeling in shape. isn't having a positive attitude. Wholeness comes when you are at peace with your life and what God has given you. I have a part of my life that I really have never talked about and I felt the Lord prompting me it was time. I went, no, uh, why don't we just go to the, uh, the slides? Okay, let's just go to the slides. No, we can't. You see, there's a part of who I am that has been hidden. You know, I didn't know who my grandfather was until I was 40 years old. 
because it was a secret that nobody wanted any of the kids or the grandchildren to know about. It was that tragic. You see, in just seven days, it's Father's Day. But one of the things that's happened in the world, many people right here and watching, tragedy happened in your home because dad wasn't there. Or if he was there, you almost wish he wasn't. Well, you see, I'm going to tell you my ancestry. You see, my both my grandfathers had to escape. One came in 1924 to escape the ovens. My one grandfather is a Hungarian. That's not a problem, but he happened to be a gypsy. And people don't realize gypsies were slated for extermination in the ovens. He fled with his family and arrived in Montreal in October 1924. And on that ship, there was a baby in a womb. And the mom gave birth when they landed in Montreal. And that baby was my dad, a gypsy. A gypsy. We don't talk to our ancestors. My dad has gone to be with the Lord. He's with Jesus. I stand here and I let you know, this guy you're looking at, I'm a gypsy, okay? Not a reliable type of person, but I'm a, I'm a gypsy and you can make fun of me and go, oh yeah, that explains it, the bowler trailer. Oh, got it now. <laughs> well, Bob's a gypsy, you know. What are you? Four years later, on March 13th, 1928, a boat arrived in Halifax and off stepped somebody who had to change his passport so he could get free. My grandfather. I'm not going to use his full name, just for the family's sake. They, but I'll just tell you, his first name is Rudy. He's a Jew. My grandfather, my mother's dad, is a Jew. Both those men were prompted by the Holy Spirit to flee. A year later, I just found this out today, folks, just so you know. I just found out that Rudy's wife and kids arrived March 14, 29. And they joined him because they were, both my grandfathers were Christians and the Lord led them to leave ahead of death. And they saved their families by fleeing. My mother told me, Bob, you are Jewish enough 
that you would have had to wear a star if we had not left Europe. And that would have meant your destiny was sealed by having to wear a star. And I wasn't going to do this, but here it goes. Anybody of my children, grandchildren, or family, I publicly acknowledge I am a Jew. My grandfather saved our family by obeying the Holy Spirit. You see, he was a born-again, spirit-filled Jew who fled and spared his family. My other grandfather, Gypsy, you know that they both never went to Bible school. My Hungarian grandfather preached before he could read. In Canada, my Hungarian grandfather was a lay preacher and he couldn't read, but he would hear the word and preach the word. My Jewish grandfather was a lay preacher. That's never been acknowledged. Tragedy hit our family. I won't go through it all, but there's reasons why I never met my Jewish grandpa. I only got to go to his grave in Portland, Oregon when I found out where he was. I stood at my grandfather's grave and somehow something happened. I began to weep. You see, Wholeness comes when you've gone through pain. Everyone has sinned. Everyone has sinned against God. But I'm going to tell you another part of the story. You see, in the recent days when I was working with the First Nations people, I had, I had practicing physicians ask me to go to some of the First Nation people for exorcism because they were being demonically harassed. And so as I ministered to those who were harassed by demonic powers, I began to be attacked myself by these same demonic powers. But I want to tell you something. Are you ready? I know this isn't normal preaching. I'm coming, but we're coming to something. Just a few months ago now, I was in my bedroom and it wasn't a demonic power. At the foot of my bed, like for me to you awake, Harris, I saw the cross and Jesus was hanging on it. And I could see my bed. So like I saw everything at the same time, the cross was right beside my bed. And I looked and I could see Jesus' feet and his feet were pushing down. When he would try to take a breath, he would push down so he could fill his lungs. And then when he would let go, 
the air would go out, and I, I could tell. I was looking at his feet, and then I looked at his shins, and there was blood running down, and I could see his thigh, and I lifted my eyes, and I had to look away. It wasn't like the passion play, it wasn't like movies, it wasn't like any pictures or anything. He was naked. And I went, oh! This is real, folks. I'm not making this up. This isn't a story. This isn't a movie. It happened in my bedroom. And I looked away. I went, no! And I heard him say, I didn't just take your guilt. I took your shame. You see, folks, what I'm telling you about has been something that my family was too ashamed to even admit. Gypsy Jew. It's not about what nationality you are. You see, before God, we all are fallen. We all are less than he ever wanted any nationality, any people to be. I looked away, and then I thought it's safe. I'll look high and look back, and I looked back to look in his face, and when I went to look in his face, I didn't see a face. I could see his teeth. I could see his gums, because when they pulled away his beard, it pulled away his cheeks, his flesh. His cheeks were pulled away. That's why the Bible says you could not recognize him. They pulled his face off. And I looked and I could see the gnashing teeth. I went, oh, oh, and I looked up to see his eyes and they were all dried blood in the eyes. And I could hear the crowd shouting. This is in my bedroom. I could hear the crowd. And there was like thousands of people all chanting, and it was English, I know it was, but it was for me. And they were chanting, if you're the son of God, come on down. If you're the son of God, come on down. If you're the son of God, come on down. And as they were doing that, Jesus' eyes, they opened but he didn't look around. He wasn't looking at the crowd while they were shouting. He looked straight and in the bedroom, he was looking right at me, but I knew he was looking through time. And he wasn't looking me at my bedroom. He saw me just as I was getting up from the front pew in a church at five years old. When a man explained to me how I could have Jesus and said, would you like to pray? I said, yes, I was getting up from the pew and I was just turning like this to kneel down. And just as I was turning, I know that's when his eyes saw me. And I heard this, this voice. It went through time over that crowd. And I heard, no! It's for you. 
Bobby, no one has ever called me Bobby except my mom when I was a little boy. It all came together. Listen, the first one, wholeness, the price for wholeness was no, it's for you, Bobby. That's for every one of us. All of a sudden now the value of my soul is not whether I'm gypsy or Jew, I'm Bobby. Now, I'm trying, guys, just stay with me. I'm, I'm trying. I hope we get to some of the slides, okay? You see, as I grew up, I, I wondered after I was in my adult years, how just does the Spirit of Jesus live in you? I got to make the story real short. It, I was in a place by myself and the, I asked the Lord, Lord, how does your spirit live in me? And he brought me back to when I was a teenager in Toronto and the big fairs like Klondike Days or Calgary Stampede and it was a big fair and everything. But there's this booth and every year they came from, from Chicago, Moody Bible Institute, sermons from science. And this year the sign said, scientific proof that Jesus walked through walls. I went in, sat down, the guy came out in his white coat. He was a professor of atomic science. He talked about the fact that all matter, walls, everything that's solid, everything is all made up of atoms. An atom is made of elements and atoms and atoms have a nucleus, a center and a electrons that spin around. And he said, if you made the nucleus the size of your fist, how far away is the nearest electron? And everybody guessed. And he said, back in this day, okay, I was 13 back then. He said, if the nucleus of an atom is the size of your fist, the nearest electron is over one mile away. And that day, when the Lord brought that back to my mind, I heard him say, Bob, uh, my spirit fills all the space between the nucleus and electrons of your atomic structure. <laughs> Look out! Dang. You're closer to Jesus right now than you were one second ago. My atomic structure is saturated with the resurrected spirit of Jesus Christ that was hanging on the cross. I'm getting closer. When I, when I am with the most vile sinner. And you think of what's the most vile sinner. When I come close to them and I give them even a cup of water. Yes, I'm giving a cup of water to Jesus, but it's Jesus giving them a cup of water. Do you get it? I have Jesus Christ in me. Karis, I'm going to use you again because I know you. Okay. He's getting close, honey. Oh my. Oh my. My name is Bob, and you are Karis. But his hand is on you, sister. And it's not just symbolically here right now. Karis, the hand of God is on you, my sister. 
Okay. Let's go to some slides real quick. Allowing the voice of the Holy Spirit to speak. You know, there are four sources. I'm telling you all about these voices I've heard, but there's four sources of voices. And we need to distinguish. The impressions come from four sources, and those four sources are this. Other people, all kinds of people that give you all kinds of advice, so you get a voice inside from remembering what other people have said. There's our thoughts, there's powers of darkness, and there's the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm just gonna go through quickly how to narrow it down. How you get rid of other voices, you get alone. I wanna tell you, resurgence, one of the things God's gonna do, it's gonna be, we're gonna be gathering together, but we're gonna be people who know God. And we're gonna know him because we all spend time alone. How you silence the voice of other people is get alone. The next thing, once you have solitude and you're alone, the enemy sometimes comes. Just like when Jesus was, was alone. Jesus was in a mountain, he was all alone. And who comes? Satan. If you're the son of God, why don't you just turn these stones into bread, okay? Come on. If you're so if you're so powerful, do something. Show it. Let me see. Come on. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Okay, okay, okay. Come with me. Finally, the last one, okay? Just Worship me one time. That's all I ever wanted is just acknowledge that I'm beautiful. I'm the most beautiful created being there's ever been. I got pipes in me. Oh, I am Lucifer. Just worship me once. Do you want to silence darkness? Are you ready? I'll show you. Come on, guys, do it. A little bit of worship.
silence your thoughts by going to his word. The Lord gave me something while I was in the worship time. I never, I did, here it comes. My dear brothers and sisters, for the days that are before us, make sure you, your children, your grandchildren, all have a hard copy of the scriptures. This is the word of the Lord. Do whatever it takes to make sure every one of your family has a copy, a hard copy of the scripture. And I don't have to say anymore because you can figure it out. You silence your thoughts by being in the word. You meditate on God's word. When you're meditating on scripture, I just got to tell you something. As I was meditating on the word for this part, he took me to Joel chapter 3. And that's part of why you need the hard copy. Joel chapter 3, this is the word of the Lord. This is hard copy that came to me preparing for today. Joel 3, 14, thousands upon thousands are waiting in the valley of decision. There the day of the Lord will soon arrive. The sun and the moon will grow dark and the stars no longer shine. The Lord's voice will roar from where? Zion and thunder from, you know what? Just so you know, I didn't put that together until just now. I felt the Lord gave a word, something's gonna happen in Jerusalem and God's gonna thunder. And that is, I did, I did not put that together. I'm going like, whoa, I'm reading it right now. The Lord's voice will roar. I think there's going to be a roar of God over the sea, of the Mediterranean Sea and the Sea of Galilee. Something's going to roar when we were worshiping. I think there's a roar that went over Israel at almost 5 o'clock this morning. Then it says this, the Lord will be a refuge for his people, a strong fortress for the people of Israel. kidding you guys I didn't read this and then decided it's it's coming Travis look at what it says and the Lord will be a refuge for his people a strong fortress for the people of Israel Israel you're gonna be okay and it won't because you got some dome over you you're okay because you got God over you and he's the God of all people. He's the God of the Palestinians. He's the God of all the sons and daughters of, of uh, Isaac and Ishmael. He's the God of gypsies and Jews and First Nations. He is Manitou. He's Yeshua. Hallelujah. 
and he will be a refuge for the righteous in this hour. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm almost, I'm, I'm, okay, we're going, we're almost done. Okay, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, thank you. I just, I'm just going to move to something here. God will speak to you through a scripture, but he also will speak to you through continuing in prayer. In continuing in prayer, you sometimes receive a prophetic word. So just sort of track with me here. You'll have to go way ahead. When you receive a word, some people like to go to meetings where there's somebody who's a prophet. Yay, thus saith Lord over you, your white hat is going to fall off your head right now. Bing. No. by the gifts. Sorry, I hope I'm not hurting anybody here. But don't go around the country trying to change, chase a prophet. You have the Holy Spirit in you and he will take you from being made whole to relationship. He wants relationship with you. I call them famous one-liners. You receive a powerful prophetic one-liner. Usually it's in the first person. It will agree with scripture. It will linger in your spirit. And it increases pressure with time. When you get a word from God, like quit your job and give yourself to working for resurgence. <laughs> yeah. Just quit my job, yeah. Okay. Well, look at I've been at this church for years and it's going good. And I got two kids, and come on, I gotta be responsible, you know. It increases pressure. Ooh, okay. God gives you a one-liner. It lines up with his word. The greatest prophetic word is when the Holy Spirit in you confirms a scripture to your life. That is the strongest prophetic word you can get. Okay, I'm going to keep going here. Give me a prayer. You see, you get to know our Heavenly Father through prayer. Why? When you pray, pray. Dear Jesus, no. Oh, Holy Spirit, no. When you pray, pray, our Father, who art in heaven. You get to know the Father through prayer. Jesus is the Word of God. You get to know Jesus through the, the Word of God. This is where you get to know Jesus, right here. You get to know the Father in prayer. You get to know Jesus through the Word. And you get to know the Holy Spirit through the wind. Those that are born again are like the wind. You can't see where it's coming, where it's going, but you feel it. You feel the Holy Spirit. It's a sense. You know God is in the room. How do you know God's will? I'm just going to say this. Take confirmation from outside you 
to confirm what you're getting inside you. That's called objective confirmation of subjective promptings. Hold on, guys. Just hold on for a minute. I don't get this. God's been speaking to people in this room here. God's speaking to people that are watching right now. Some of you are going to have to make some pretty radical changes in your life. Because the other thing the Lord was telling me, He's going to shake everything. Everything. I'm really trying. I know, don't ever use this example of a tape for homiletics, okay? Please don't do that. Church, this is the word. This is the word for the church now. This is for everybody watching. You can tell your pastor and you can tell your priest and your bishop tell your cardinal and the pope. God's shaking everything that can be shaken. Like in a sieve. The church, organized church, I'm going to say it, okay, are you ready? Here we go. The organized church as we know it is over. And it wasn't COVID. preparation of a bride not brides this is not a harem it's a bride God used structure to build a church but now the temple and this is what the Lord told me the temple is going down and I thought does that mean at 10 to 5 something happened to the temple mount Was there an earthquake? Did God go, rah! Where happened to the dome? Where is the dome? Wouldn't that be something? No bomb, no nothing, just, ooh, nasty. Wouldn't that be something? God is taking down the temple and he's putting up a tent. We're not going to be meeting in auditoriums. We're going to be meeting in homes. Okay, I may not be asked to speak again, and it's okay, okay? Especially if, Brother Superintendent, I respect you and churches, but you better look for a job. It's over. It's over. God doesn't dwell in buildings. There'll be a big sale on pulpits and pews because those buildings are going to have a new use. They won't be needed anymore. Oh, Bob, come on. Thank you. Thanks for being with us at Resurgence and uh, join us again next month for a very positive message that's going to be coming to you live. (laughs) Thank you for being with us. 
God does not dwell in buildings made of hands. Our bodies are his temple. Resurgence, God is bringing us from wholeness into relationship with one another, and we're going to be fruitful. And it's not about building systems. It's about the kingdom of God coming to earth like it is in heaven. Stand with me. tell you something Jesus loves his bride he loves his bride and you're his bride oh my god come on man like you got something else to use for an analogy no it's what he called it we're a bride do you know that he's decking us out yeah and here's how he's going to do it he's called being refined like gold so I'm going to give you the good news. This is the Word of God. Are you ready? This is the Word of God. Hard copy. You're going to be hated of all nations. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Canada hates you. And so does every other nation that there is a sovereign leader of. True bride will be hated, but will thrive. Because you never know where you are in a house next to you. You win them, you baptize them. Learn how to baptize people in the bathtub. That's the way it's going to be. You win them, you baptize them. You baptize them, you disciple them. I'm trying. I'm really trying hard. I don't know. I think we're over time. Okay. I know it's COVID-sensitive, so I'm not going to say everybody come and stand here at the front together. But we're going to stand before God right now, and I'm going to pray. I'm going to send God's word over this place and over your homes. Get ready, because when you walk out of here, it's not going to be the same as when you came in. Something has happened in the world. Our city government is going to change. We're going to have a new mayor, new councillors. We're going to have... New things are going to happen in the province. New things are going to happen in our country. But that's not the big change. The big change is spiritually, the bridegroom is getting ready to return. To start worshiping the Lord. If you want, would you close your eyes if you don't mind, because I, I won't be as intimidated. And even I'm, I'm, I'm watching, and I don't know how you're going to do this. Just take, keep the cameras on the folks up here if you want. now it's happening right now there's change taking place inside your temple
I just believe what Bob said about the shaking. There was a point where he talked about there's a shaking where everything is shaken. And how do you know the leading of the Holy Spirit? In that journey of wholeness and the journey of all those things, how do you know his voice? How do you know that leading when other people are speaking, when all these things, knowing scripture and prayer? And I just want to invite Bob back to ask him that. And I know this is we will end right away. But I just thought there's something in his heart I know that I just want to kind of draw out tonight about, okay, we're in a season. How do we know our purpose? And there's so much transition. And you've walked many miles where you've seen people go through transitions. You're constantly saying, you got to grow. And so what would you say? How do we know God's voice? And with peace and all, how does it line up? Okay. You can be seated. We're off air. This is uh, this is overtime, okay? So it's free. You don't have to give any more in the offering or anything like that, okay? This is just bonus. It just comes, okay? How do you know God's will? The revelation waits for an appointed time. One of the greatest problems we have is when we hear something from the Lord, we think it's going to happen in the next five minutes. I received a call of God that I had a vision that I would be before people in an open sky and they were all black people all in front of me, a huge crowd. I've got a picture of it, but from when I saw it in my spirit and when it happened, there was, oh. is that better? Yeah. I had a picture of me standing before a large crowd of, of black people ministering the word of God and from the time I had the vision to the time it happened was 40 years but we actually have a picture of it and I wrote down when I got it how do you get a revelation and how do you know the appointed time in Habakkuk chapter 2 3 though it lingers wait for it it will certainly come and will not delay. This is a key truth. You don't have to act on an impulse to be in God's will. Would you all repeat that with me, that green line at the bottom? Can we just all say that together? We don't have to act on an impulse to be in God's will. One more time. We don't have to act on an impulse to be in God's will. That is one of the main lessons of my life. Here's confirmation. There's two sides. It's like a scale, okay? This is the way I do it. I used to work on a market gardening, and we used to put weights on one side and tomatoes on the other, and that's how you knew you had a pound of tomatoes, Would you put a pound on the one side, and then you filled up the tomatoes until it became even. Here's how you know, here's how you get confirmation. Objective is independent and individual thought perceived by all observers. It's outside of yourself. You always go for objective confirmation of subjective promptings. Subjective is affected by personal views, not directly caused by external stimuli. This is dreams. This can be 
a word that you feel in your spirit, like quit your job and go full-time in, in resurgence. How do you know that's from God? Okay, confirmation. Here's, first of all, go to scripture. Now the Bereans, this is in Acts chapter 17, 11. Now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians. Why? For they received the message with great eagerness and, and earnest and, and examined the scriptures every day to see if what the apostle Paul said was true. Dear ones, use the scripture, study the word of God, anything you receive, make sure it's in agreement with scripture. God is not going to tell you to go and kill somebody because his word says don't murder. I'm going to keep going. So the first one you use is scripture and what you use with scripture is prophecy. 1 Timothy 1.18 Paul says, Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you that by following them you might fight the good faith. Prophecy always has to be balanced. That prophecy is subjective. Whether you receive a word from the Lord or a word from somebody with a giftings, that's subjective. Well, it feels to be Anything that goes, I feel like, has to be, it has to be balanced with something that it isn't a feeling. It's consistent with God's word. Let me move on. You get godly counsel. Where there, in, in Proverbs eleven fourteen, where there is counsel, there is people, I'm sorry, where no counsel is, the people fail. Or fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Travis, you know, I, I had this prompting, and I guess, would you pray about this? And could you give me any counsel about that? Use people that you know their life is consistent; they're living a consistent life. Don't go to a weirdo. You know, don't go to somebody that you don't even know. Do you have a word for me? Uh, let me see. Uh, turn left, then right, and then go upside down. Use godly counsel. Now, what balances godly counsel is when somebody tells... So Travis comes back to me and says something, and I look for the peace of God in Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You have to have peace in your heart. That's the, okay, you've got to have the peace that goes with the counsel. So if somebody tells you something, like I walked around this room, okay, and I went, oh, this person, I'm sensing the Lord saying this. Well, if you're going, well, that's weird, because the word of calling on my God is actually opposite that. Well, then just let it go. Well, it was Bob Gal, and he was a guest, and, uh, you know, he spoke, and so it must be. No. The peace of God. Do you have peace in your heart? 
if you've got peace in your heart that goes with the godly counsel, the prophecy, the scripture, you're almost there. Let me move on. Circumstances. Circumstances. In 1 Kings chapter 11 and 7, no, I'm sorry, wrong scripture. 1 Kings 17, 7 and 9, the prophet was by a stream, the, ra the ravens were coming and feeding him, but sometime later the brook dried up. Go at once to Zareph in Sidon and stay there. Circumstances changed. Your boss said, we don't need you anymore. Nice having you with us for the last 30 years, but here's your sandwich for the next two months and you're gone. Circumstances change. Circumstances change. That's outside of yourself. So you don't have to pray, say, well, God, should I really not go to work tomorrow because you said I'm fired? Yeah, don't go to work tomorrow because you're fired. Circumstances have dictated that you no longer have a job. Accept it. But then, what balances circumstances? Provision of God. Philippians 4 and 19. And my God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. <laughs> well, I've just lost my job. <laughs> I got four kids to support and... Uh, God is going to supply your needs. My God's going to supply your needs. There will be a roof over your head. There will be food on the table. You'll have clothes to wear. My God will supply your needs. Now, here's where it comes to the, here's where it comes to the tabby part. It's like lights, you know. Back in the day, when I used to fly up north to some of those little towns and places, you'd be in a little, little like twin engine plane and you're flying into Cape Dorset, Baffert Island and the, the sun doesn't even come up for another month. And you know what you're landing with? A bunch of snowmobiles that are parked out on, on the river in order so the pilot knows at night the lights have to line up. If the lights aren't lined up, don't put the puppy down. You're going to land in the trees. What happens is you wait for prophecy and scripture and circumstances. They start to align up. And as they're lining up, time is going. Lord, you said I'd be preaching to black people and I'm not going anywhere. Sometimes it takes 40 years. They line up more. Godly counsel comes in. Then, finally, okay, here we go. When prophecy, peace of God, scripture, godly counsel, God's provision lines up with circumstances, once you have the assurance of God's will, okay, be decisive. That's when you don't go, 
Oh, maybe. Oh, no. Yeah, I think so. Mm, then, oh, I don't know. A double-minded man is unstable. But once the lines, once the lights line up and you've used subjective promptings that are confirmed by objective confirmations, and once the lights line up, you step out. And just like the boat, you go, okay, it's only water, but I'm going to walk on it. This is how to be spirit-led. You following me? I knew earlier tonight, I don't know who it is. You don't have to raise your hand or stand, but there's some people that are in the Decision Valley right now. You've got to make some major, major decisions. And this second part has been for you. Because God wanted you to know, don't act impulsively. Don't act out of an impulse. Wait for confirmation and for the lights to line up. Thanks for listening to the official podcast of Resurgence. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com.